Welcome to episode 15 of Two Idiots and an Expert. It is uh, Sunday morning in the Cops household. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Lee. Steve Cops here. We are your your idiots on this guide to craziness in life. Um, It's been an interesting week, as usual. Anything, we haven't really talked a lot this week, so this is going to be a fun show. Should be. Um, Big week for you. I mean, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Real big week. It was big week for some people, not necessarily me. No, no, for you, big week. Anything on the pod we want to talk about? I don't have anything. Yeah, I got really nothing. Okay. I mean, the pod's fun. I'm having a good time. I need that one pager. Yeah, I know. Um, you, you have it this week. <laughs> <laughs> this you, is the week. You would say that? This is the week. Sweet. Okay. All right. Listen. Oh, good. Okay, good. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Um, have you been following the uh, GameStop drama? You just completely passed over the fact that it was your birthday week? We'll get to it eventually. I think it's more important than GameStop. Look, you have to look at the, 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 the show notes. Oh, I know. I, I see birthday fun, but like... Yeah, it's later on. I'd rather do birthday fun. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, okay. If you want to. So, no. yes, my birthday was Friday. Yep. Thank you very much, everybody. It's a big birthday. I'm 45 years old. Um, it's weird to have a birthday during the pandemic. Yeah. Did you have one? You did. Over the summer. Over the summer. August. Yeah. You did have one. It was weird. It felt weird. Why? There's like nothing to do. Yeah. I don't know. I um, I feel as we start to get older, it's, you start to think about your mortality a little bit more. No, no, no. <laughs> you don't. No. Okay. What does that do with getting together in pandemics? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I'm just saying. Like we're um, not spring chickens anymore. We're older. I, I guess. Yeah, I guess we're middle aged. Yeah, because I think I don't it, know if we're in, are we middle aged. Uh, yeah. You know what's uh, not depressing? <laughs> it's your birthday, but but what's a little bit depressing is the fact that, like, when you get to a certain age, like, I'm enjoying, like, this, like, whole, like, mountain biking, snowboarding sort of thing, like, just being out there and doing my stuff. Um, like, when the body starts to break down a bit, it's a bit depressing. <laughs> it would have made more sense to go into GameStop and kick off this episode. Yeah, can we switch? <laughs> You want to restart? No. Did you hit record? Yeah, of course. You know, there's a whole like thread in the in the Buzzsprout Facebook group about people who forget to hit record on the episode. Oh no, I hit. It's record. like a real thing. That's cr- imagine doing an entire 45 minutes and then having to redo the entire 45 minutes. I wouldn't do it. I would just go right to a guest. So, so, uh, so we, birthday. Are you, are you recording? Yeah, I'm recording. Okay. So your birthday was my great. birthday was fun. I had a nice day. I got a lot of no, no, re, a lot of people call, a lot of people text, a lot of Facebook notifications. Best part about Facebook, in my opinion, there's a few things. One of them is our when you have birth, you know, we have children, you have birth announcements. Those are fun to see on Facebook. People you haven't seen in a while have a kid, someone you like, you can recorrect, give them, send them love. It's a nice thing. Same thing with birthdays, and some, you know, in, in in the same vein that you were talking when deaths happen. It's you, Facebook gets the word out, right? And people pass away. No, so. Facebook has some really positive things about it. That's one of them. Th- that's one. So the spreading of good news, life news, and yes. then you also have the memories. Yeah, I love memories. The memories come up is wild. Yeah. So some of these memories, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago with Jackson being born, and yeah. this is the, the the memory of the surprise birthday party. The memory of this week was my birthday, and some of the things I wrote. Well, no, there was also videos from vacations with my kids, ski right. ski vacations, which that's was great. fun. Those were cute. I have to take the kids again skiing one of these days. Um, the 
there were two no, there were two really wild ones I read. One was about nine years ago. I wrote a post that said, "Thank you for all the birthday love, and for my birthday, all I want is a job." Wow. And now you have like twenty. The, no. Wait, no. <laughs> That's not, no, 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 that's not, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I was, I have balls to like just say straight out, hard stop. That's it. Yeah. But I got three responses. Thank you, friends. Yeah. I mean, I did find the job eventually. Thank you to the people who helped find the job, to the person who helped me. Yes. But you know what I'm sure he's not listening. You know what I find pretty cool about memories on, on Facebook Mm -hmm. is that you, um, you see like pre COVID memories and it's like a whole different world. Like that's what's crazy. Yeah, everything's crazy, bro. No, but think about it. Like you're lo- you're, you're watching yourself like with your friends at at events, going crazy. skiing. That's completely shifted. The now, whole so. thing's crazy. Yeah. I don't want to talk about COVID. Buzzkill as usual. Sorry. Death and COVID. You now. Approach. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a dark hole. The other no, the other weird memory that I post on my birthday was think about this for a second. I've got about 800 friends on Facebook, right? Nice. I'm not trying to boast. How many of those people? should reach out to you on your birthday like it makes sense before you get like insulted i would say half okay so i guesstimate at at the time of this post a few years four or five years ago and then also this weekend i'd say about 200 people reached out to me between calls facebook and there's levels like you you see someone no one's seen anybody let's scratch that you i saw you so you're at the top of the pyramid okay thank you you're welcome you can ride your bike down if you prefer. No, I, I like to be inside the pyramid. But, Lee, to your point, I think that... Uh, I don't think I made my point yet. N- n- no, you didn't. All right, continue. Go ahead. You can go ahead. I think that there's like... Um, like, we might have 800 or 1,200. I know people have 5,000 friends. If I think about... The amount of people I speak to during an average week... I'm talking about happy birthdays through Facebook. You get I, a notification, and it takes eight seconds. I know, And but, it makes someone happy. Right. But what I'm saying to you is, is that I talk to most probably... Two, three people, maybe at most. My point is, when it comes to a lot of these like weddings and bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and sweet sixteens and all stuff, I know everyone feels this obligation to invite everybody and to have all these people there. Like I've been to weddings where there've been seven hundred people. What does that have to do with Facebook notifications <laughs> in my birthday? No, what it has to do with is I, th- I think that if you have really good friends, even if they're very few. That's all you really need. So like, yes, I'm not saying I need anyone. All, the people who I need it from. I definitely reached out. The well, important people. Like, I'm not. I'm just like, where are you going with this? I'm going By the way, Gila, this is why I let, cut him off because he has no idea what he's talking about. Ge- and 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 his thought goes in meandering routes that you know most people aren't going to follow. Gila, I knew that he was going to bring this up, <laughs> and I knew I was waiting. I was looking at my clock, and I'm like, will it happen the first ten minutes? <laughs> well, I tried. I, to, wa- I won the bet. I tried to cut you off, not to cut you off, <laughs> no, but I need to. It's not meandering. I'm trying to make a point that what you were trying to say, Lee. And I'm going to yell back first time in our pod. Go for it. What I'm going to yell back is is that what you try to say is let's say you have 800 friends and only 200 said happy birthday. It takes eight seconds, right, to do that, right? I couldn't care if five or 500 people said happy birthday to me. But if the people who, like, I care about and who are friends and all that reach out to me, it means a lot more to me. It's not that I I don't want more friends. Why? are you making me feel like my point is that I'm not appreciative of the friends I have? Because I think that maybe... That's not the point. Oh, okay. So what was your point? I'm sorry. The point is... is yeah, that... he's right. <laughs> I... The point is... I don't even know what the point was. The point is, is that Facebook is a low barrier of entry to make someone's day, to do a nice thing for somebody else. 
Oh, so it makes you feel good when someone says happy or birthday. Or when you. you reach out to somebody else, it makes you feel good that you try to make them feel good. Right. So I it's a two way street. Right. So I usually every day try to send even to people who I'm not really that friendly with, happy birthday, have a great day, yes. sort of message. Because if, if it you makes sense. Send them one fun, to me. Yes. You didn't have to. You already talked to me. No, but I did. No, but you're a little bit different. But to most people, okay. I said, now again, it's not to say that I don't like having friends and I don't. I just I'm think, not going down that road. I'm just saying. I'm just. <laughs> I'm trying to take this down a whole different road. And the road I'm trying to say is that don't worry about quantity. Worry about quality. Yes, sensei. No, because there are people out there. It's all about quantity. I, I my quality is extremely high. I feel loved by you, by the people in That's my family, my family, by my friends. That's it. That's, by That's my, my point. By you know, people who mean things to me. I feel loved. I still think it's a sociological kind of like experiment. Why six hundred people don't respond? But I think it's weird. That's just me. You do it. That's my point. You reach out to people. You're making my point because it makes them feel good. It makes you feel good. It's a nice connection. Even it makes everyone feel good. Yes, I, I agree. Doing so- especially during the pandemic. Yes, doing something simple like that is an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think about it more than I do it. Meaning, I, I and I don't think if someone doesn't say happy birthday to me, and all of a sudden, like I feel I, bad. You know, the specifics of people not. I'm not. I don't care about. It's the. It's the group right <laughs> group of dozen right you understand yeah i mean i'm just getting at, to, to to the age of We're like being this to a, to a no yeah but i'm just getting to the age where i'm gonna have to start worrying about like weddings and stuff and i'm just letting the the the, the people out there know that like i'm gonna thin the herd oh thin, totally thin the herd yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's i sure. mean i love everybody but yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. i'm not inviting you know oh yeah chuck joe schmo yeah you know, not happening. yeah anyway. did no you offense follow, to chuck. no offense to chuck did you follow the gamestop story i did i did i did but, How but, deep? We have not talked about that right now. Um, again, I told you last week, I'm, I'm not heavy into the politics slash news cycle game. Jesus. At all. Like, okay. I, But I did get into No, because everything's about... Do you, let me just let's start from the beginning. Do you know what a short squeeze is? I do know what a short squeeze is. I learned more about a short squeeze from listening to other people talk about short squeezes and then reading up on it. Okay. So you got a good knowledge at this point of how this all happened and the story. Did you read about the guy named uh, Roaring Kitty who who pushed this from the beginning? I did. Wackadoodle. Wow. $53,000 investment. It it made its way to $48 million. I don't know if he sold it. No one talks about it. So I couldn't get any information on that, but... It's pretty wild. Did you read about Citron, the, the the hedge fund with the big short? I did. Position? I did. And mm-hmm. yep. And I think they, it was called actually Citadel. Citron Research. Uh or maybe Citron Research, one of the most vocal firms to take a short position against GameStop, announced that it would st- stop publishing short seller reports after it logged a hundred percent loss of some GameStop positions. But but I think the big issue was was a company called Citadel. Okay. I think you, you can double check it. This is what I read. Yeah. This is what I read. I did I did do prep. Oh, you did, yeah. Uh, that's another thing that Gilad mentioned. I don't really prep that much, but with that being said, I think it makes it spontaneous. You want to laugh your ass off? Huh? I found the timer on my my computer. Yeah, and I forgot to start it. Great. <laughs> but we talked about um, it for like you, twenty minutes. Before. Did you see Portnoy? Yeah, I love him. Did you see TikTok and emergency TikToks? Great. So funny. I, I mean, he makes an amazing point, and I think I don't know if anyone can, Robin can disagree Hood? with the point. Yeah, I, I don't. I I didn't do a lot. I didn't take it to the next step to see if there's any logic behind what Robin Hood did or legality. Like it seems pretty much illegal. No, there, basically, there, if I remember correctly, there's there's a there's a large hedge fund called Citadel, which heavily invested and and I think 
supports Robin Hood's platform in many ways. They're the clearinghouse, if, right. I, if I'm correct, um, to some degree. Some, There's some a cash that. flow issue for them. They said there wasn't. What Robinhood thought- said was there wasn't a cash flow issue, and that why. So why did they not let people buy? Because they were protecting their larger investor, their their institutional investor, their large players. By- but Robinhood doesn't have institutional investors. Robinhood has someone who clears all their uh, stuff, all right, their stocks. And- okay, guys, that's true. That's true. And so I think what was happening was is that, and from my understanding is is that Robinhood was allowing people to sell their stock, but not buy their stock, buy buy certain stocks, like thirteen different stocks or something. It sounds completely illegal. It does. And I think what's going to happen, listen, when you have, what I heard was very funny, and I agree. When you have people like AOC and Ted Cruz agreeing, agreeing insane, the world is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, I think, exactly what happened. Save. Save. Whoa. Did you, I'm banning you from drinking on the show because you're always two seconds away. Save, save those frozen tilapias that you showed me before. Yeah. Because AOC and Ted Cruz are agreeing on something. Exactly. I mean, even I think Donald Trump Jr. is agreeing with AOC. I mean, the whole world is going it's crazy. Insane. I, uh, I, I, I would buy more guns, and I would have a lot of ammunition. I, that's my, that's my man, thought. Wow. You know what? On a day when I am thinking of my life and my my future and my birthday and my how I've impacted my my family or my children. You keep going negative about death and pandemics and ammos and I'm I'm very oh, very positive. What However, because Lisa and I are watching the show Jericho and it's all oh, about the apocalypse yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything seems to be playing out the way. And what the key was having enough ammunition really and weapons to to defend off the the craziness. But whatever. Well, I I think we did a good job on GameStop. It's pretty crazy. I I think the whole thing is you know the, the fact that Reddit can move a market is amazing. Yeah, I didn't think that was possible, but I, you know, now I'm wrong. Um, what I loved about it, and what I saw out of it, which I read into it the most, read into it like it, um, uh, the just, most. He just winked at me. <laughs> Sorry, that's that creepy wink. Creepy wink. But what I what I liked about it most is that it showed that at the end of the day, people who have been in the stock market, traders, brokers, they've been playing these games for years, for years and years and years, and they've been making a lot of money. And I don't think it's just a narrative. I think there's a lot of people who who are in the know, and they they've made millions, if not billions, of dollars. And this was a big f you to that entire system, saying, "Well, you guys do it right, and it seems to be you share information amongst yourself, and you seem to make millions and billions of dollars." Now the general public is doing it, and uh, and then you try to change the game and flip the script. I'm done with that thing. Yeah, it's all right. Whatever. Um, I yeah. I, I traded for I was I, I was in the stock market as a stockbroker and I for five uh, five ish years and then I traded and managed a group of day traders for ten years. Uh, yeah, I mean riding the momentum, being able to trade something up and down and and make money and lose money and and be along for a ride is is capital is a free market. So how do you stop people from buying something? So I don't get it. We'll see what happens, right? Um, along the same lines as my birthday, I did want to mention that, uh, I had a fun time last night. I, uh, my cousin Adam from the Adam Ezra group, he's been, he's a singer songwriter who's been, he's been doing, um, live Facebook shows, uh, on live nightly on Facebook for an hour. And he's at last night was, was 324. It's amazing. He does it every night. Yeah, it's been fun. So last night I sat on my couch and I watched live music and I enjoyed it and had a you know had a beverage and 
you know, bounce my head a little bit. No, it's pretty impressive that it gets that many people on it's every like, night. It's about two fifty a night. That's days. impressive. Yeah, though. that are on. It's yeah. pretty. And everyone was really, everyone was really nice. It was fun. He did request night last night, so we heard some old school songs. That was fun. And then I went to a friend John Shira's backyard hi, um, ice hockey rink. Oh, how was that? It was fun. Is it d- decent My feet size? were killing me. I mean, it's you know twenty by forty, small. A few strides in your cross. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much, a few strides near cross, and a lot of little. He had his kids out there. They're cold. No, last night was beautiful. Oh, really? Yeah, geared up and you know, move around a little bit. We shot past the hockey puck diagonally across a couple times. Okay. You know, I'm I don't know what I'm doing. My feet hurt from having worn skates in a long time. When was the last time you put on skates? Corey you, and I played a few you, weeks ago. You did play, yeah. The pickup games on Tuesday, but uh, we, again, just get anywhere. We're supposed to here have a large. Snowstorm, I don't know, six to ten maybe, God willing. This so, week. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm ramping up for that. Um, what's that do with ice skating? Nothing. <laughs> what was going on here today? It's yeah. nothing to do with it. I'm just throwing some thoughts out. <laughs> it's like a, um, Jesus, what is going on here? By the way, um, I, I'm not going to talk during the creative image productions because <laughs> I keep getting blown up on this. So I'm not going to say um, anything. Creative. Two Idiots and an Expert is presented by Creative Image Productions. Creative Image Productions is a full-service video production company specializing in weddings, corporate galas, and, pro- and promos, bar and bat mitzvahs, live stream, virtual events, and more. Additionally, they've just rolled out a brand new podcast, Jewish Wedding Podcast, a first of its kind where you can hear from brides and grooms, amazing vendors, people in the industry, sh- and share their experience, knowledge, and stories. Find it at www.jweddingpodcast.com or at jweddingpodcast on Instagram or wherever you listen to podcasts. To all listeners of Tweety Expert, today's the last day, Steve. Yeah, this is it, right? January 31st, last day of the promo. They're offering 15% off any full wedding videography package with live stream. Yeah. Yeah. Any available date in 2020. I'm afraid to say anything. Yeah. I'm just not going to say anything. I do have a million thoughts to say right now about this, but. What, what, like, can you give us one? No. Thank you to Creative Image Productions. Go call them. Book your events. Great job, guys. Yeah. Steven, what, what do you want to say? <laughs> I don't want to say I've gotten in trouble on every single one. <laughs> every single time I've said something. No, I mean, I think it's, I, Amir's great. Just yeah. book Thank it. Thank you. Go out there. You want to talk about your trip to, to Campfire with him? Oh, we did take a trip. Yeah, I wanted to get this one shot, and I wanted the sun coming up. There's this bridge. I think it's right right on the border of New Jersey and Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and I really wanted that shot. So I had a mirror, which was it's a, a it's a one way bridge. Is that a short? Is it a small? No, bridge? I think it's a, a no. It's, it's definitely there's there's two lanes. Okay, uh, but I really wanted to get the shot, and so I had a mirror wake up very early to come with me and did it. And it, it, I mean, the video came out great. Uh, yeah, I mean, Amir's a, a great videographer. Great. Okay, everyone check him out. Um, I have an idea. Sure. Well, Cor- Corey told me he doesn't have any ideas. Yeah, I think Corey's run out. I think he's run out. So I have an idea. Sure. I think I'm gonna, I want to flip the switch. Flip the script. Not the switch, the script. Okay. I was thinking as I was driving over here how I drank a fair amount yesterday. I was thinking that I'm going to stop drinking only on the weekends. And then drink during the week. Yeah. There's a lot more days in the week. I don't really drink during the week. One drink here and there. No, she's like, pick, really, you're going to pick a day? I'm going to say Friday and Saturday, no more drinking. Uh, okay. Because I'm, I'm, we're off and I. Why not I, just stop drinking, period? Because that's, I'm, I don't want to do that. 
Why? It doesn't sound like too much fun. Dude, I don't drink. I don't know. What, what did you do? What do you do? You play board games with your family. <laughs> Pretty much. I do <sighs> tons of settlers, tons of board games. I don't yeah. know. But you have this, for me, like you have this whole like health thing that you want to play into and losing weight and exercise yeah, and all that's that. Yeah, point I'm saying. So I'll stop drinking. No, but I, why not become like really like passionate about that? What about like, like having realistic expectations and like goals? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to stop for a whole month. It's not realistic. I, don't, I need it long. I mean, you want me to do this forever or no, just I, for months? I just think if you saw, if you saw some, and I think you'd get results fairly quickly. Like if you, for two weeks, said, I'm not going to drink and I'm not going to smoke. And I'm not gonna, you know, do anything and just like be be aware of like what I eat and what I think you would see a massive change and that would motivate you I to don't keep really changing. Smoke, by the way, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I, you know what I'm saying? Just, like, yeah, okay, fine, got it. Just, just partake, partake yeah. in anything. Yes. Yeah, no, no, because usually, if, if you, I think if you change your mindset a bit, I think you could have a massive change and you'll feel really good about yourself. I just, I think I just had an idea. What's your idea? You want me to be your coach? No, I oh. said I'm not going to drink Friday and Saturday. It's a good idea. But and if, that, but that's like 90% of the drinking I do during the week. Okay. So if I can cut out 90% of the drinking, aren't I achieving something right there? You are. Yeah, I mean, we talked to Jen, which I loved last week, and she's all about short-term goals. And, and then short-term, I just don't want it to be like one of these things where like you make up for it during the week. I'm not, I don't think I get it. I don't have time. I'm working. It's You're out and about. There's distractions. Some of the, You know what I mean? Like It's not sometimes... Yeah. Yeah. I just... I, I, <laughs> I was going to say something pretty bad, but I decided not to. I just think I see... I, I, I think you'll have... Once you start to, like, get over the hill, you'll just over go... The hill. <laughs> you'll coast down. Um, okay. Do you... Um, this week's uh, this week's expert, people. Yeah. Episode 15 of Two Idiots and an Expert. Is, uh, uh, this week's expert is Spencer Lott. He's a puppeteer. He's his wife works with my sister, so she put us in touch with him. I'm excited to speak about speak to Spencer. I'm a huge fan of the Sesame Street and the Muppets and Fraggle Rock. Do you remember Fraggle Rock? Yeah, I, I actually said to I saw a friend of ours, Deborah, and I'm like, she's like, who are you having on today? You know, and I she listens, you know, pretty much every week. And I said a puppeteer, and she looked at me like I was crazy, like what? Like you what? are, you are crazy. No, but, but but like cares? but like what's a like that. What? Yeah, we're we're totally not. I mean, listen, I have, I think it's great. I, no, I'm just saying, I'm a big fan. I could talk about puppets. Yeah, but now I think we're learning uh, more of like the mechanics and how it works and all that other fun. But not, not this guy much. is on Sesame Street with a regular role. Yeah, he has a regular puppet. Yeah, it's Samuel. It's creepy. No, it's not. Why is it creepy? Is, is Samuel the black store owner? No, no. It's <laughs> Who, who is Samuel? He's a kid. He's a he's, oh, he's a kid. Yeah, I thought he was a store owner. I haven't watched Sesame Street in like forty yeah. years. All right, listen. I uh, no, I'm not. I didn't expect you to watch it. I um, okay. Yeah, I, I listen. I'm excited to talk to Spencer. Uh, he's been on. He's done movies. He's done. He's done plays. He's done directing and acting. Um, he's an expert in puppeteering. He's a professional puppeteer. You know what I find strange about puppeteers? <laughs> that whole thing. First of all, ventriloquist freak me out. He's not a ventriloquist. I know he's not. Okay, but that freaks me out. Yeah, I remember. I remember when I was a kid, the movie Poltergeist, right? And like the doll in the corner. So the whole puppet dolls, all that stuff, is a little bit spooky. But I think ever since <laughs> green screens and the technology has got, I kind of feel like puppeteers and puppets have somewhat been phased out of of movies. They're not as yeah, 
I don't know if they're... <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm crazy. You but, are crazy. But you, you don't you don't agree? Like I rem I remember seeing a lot of movies where they had lots of puppets. Like there's horror puppets and like Chucky. I think that's still around. Um, I is it called CGI? G CGI, yeah. Yeah, I just think a lot of it switched to Com that. Computer graphics and something, something like that. Like, for example, if you watch um, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm -hmm. right? Those aren't puppets. Those are CGI sort of... Groot and... Uh, the Rocket. Raccoon. Yeah, Rocket. Rocket, yeah. I think they're CGI, yeah. Yeah, so to me, I think a lot of that industry... I know, been... but puppets are still... Like, the Muppets... <laughs> They're still around. They still do movies and do they did. They, they're still. You gonna? I mean, listen. You want to ask him? How I'm gonna ask him because he's at the. Listen, he won. He won an Emmy. He's part. They, they, he was a, on a an, puppeteer Emmy. No, he was on a uh, a, a 50th anniversary um, um, special for Sesame Street, and the, the show won an Emmy. So he participated okay. in that. Um, it's pretty impressive. No, I, I listen. Yeah. I'm. I I could tell you right now. I know nothing about puppets. To Gila's point, I have zero research on puppets. <laughs> I don't know anything about puppets. But what I do know is I'm fascinated by puppets. Because, yes, I grew up in the age of yeah. the Muppets, Fraggle Rock. The Muppets are available. I tried to watch them last night. It said it was available on HBO Max, but I could not find it. So that's interesting. There are no more Muppet episodes. Like, it's no, not, but I, don't I wanted to go back and watch the old ones. Right. The old ones are great. They're right. funny. I think they're, but a lot of those movies that that get, had get drunk and like drink tequila and like and watch them up, watch them up. It's yeah. I just think thing. a lot of those movies that had things like that, I think, have been replaced by CGI. And I'm, I'm gonna, I mean, that's a big question that I want to know from him. That's my idiot part of. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're gonna talk Spencer. I'm excited. Um, anything else you want to cover this week? No, I mean, I think we really covered a lot. You did really good on the whole GameStop thing, better than I expected. I thought I was going to explain to you a short squeeze. No, no, I, I actually... Uh, Good for you. Listen, I'm not saying that I've completely removed myself from the I world. I just thought this was one of those stories where you were like, eh. Did you buy a, sh a couple hundred shares? No. And like, you're, you're holding out on me? Is that why you've been not taking my calls this week? No, I didn't, I didn't get... Are you worth millions of dollars now? No. I did play the lottery in hopes that I, uh, that wow. I was going to win. It was like a billion dollars. I know. Which, did you win? I did. No. I, I wish I did. Yeah. Um, all right. Coffee isn't a drink. It's a culture. It's a lifestyle. It's a ritual. Cafe Joe has built their business on coffee. Respect for coffee as an experience that shapes and defines your day. Cafe Joe wants to make the experience even better. That's why they are committed to crafting and sharing the best of what nature has to offer through beverages and food to deliver in many ways. You'll notice the difference, not in uh, not only in how the, their products taste, but how they make you feel. Maximize health, happiness, and productivity at affordable prices. Seems too good to be true, but it's not. Cafe Joe's premium coffee is available in Nespresso-compatible capsules, K-Cups for Keurig, and whole bean coffee. So you can enjoy Israel's most popular coffee in your own home. They even have coffee-based spice rubs. Go to CafeJoe.com. It's special for listeners of Two Idiots. Use promo code 2Idiots20. That's the number two, Idiots number 20, for 20% off your full order. Right, so this, this ad I can talk about because I actually did order oh, nice. Cafe Joe. Cool. And uh, their coffee is tremendous. You bought K-Cups? K-Cups. Cool. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Awesome. Uh, you know, I, I, we're a big coffee-drinking family. We love coffee. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I would definitely support this ad. Not the last <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> Just joking. Uh -huh. Support both of our advertisers. Yo, that was a complete joke. All right. Um, all right. Well, uh, we're going to go talk to Spencer and we'll be back soon. All right.
And we're back. Uh, thank you to our listeners. Welcome to episode 15 of Two Idiots and an Expert. Um, we're here with Spencer Lott, a puppeteer, professional puppeteer. I'm going to read his bio. Spencer's built puppets. Puppets are going to sound. My, my um, the thing, the muffler guard, yeah. broke. Muffler. It's it's a, a muffler. I think it's called a muffler. It's a muffler. A, the, your pop screen? Pop, pop screen. Pop thank you. Thank he, you. Spencer's yeah. a professional already. <laughs> pop screen broke like a minute ago. I think so I'm going to say a lot of peas today and puppets. I'm going to refer to it as a muffler from here on out. I love that. Yeah, I think I, I thought I saw a call. No, a no, I called it earlier. Muffler, you laugh. And now you, you actually use the term. So, <laughs> OK, let me just do it. Read this. Spencer's built puppets with with the puppet kitchen, Ashlon Walsh Studios, the Rick Lyon puppets, Brooklyn puppet conspiracy for a wide variety of theater, TV and film and animation projects. In addition to his role as Samuel on Sesame Street, his puppetry Credits include A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, America's Got Talent, Good Morning America, The Relationship on Hulu, Scarecrow, Night Train, and Wyatt Sinek, The Macy's Day, uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade, and Muppets, and more. Lotta the, was the first recipient of the Jim Henson Foundation Puppetry Residence at the O'Neill Theater Center with collaborator Liz Hara. He's a resident artist at Hear Arts, developing 9,000 paper balloons, a new puppetry work with visual artist Michael Kikuchi. He is the associate artistic director of trusty sidekick theater company there here it in is. city yeah welcome spencer welcome. ah thank you very much gentlemen it's a pleasure to be here nice to meet you thank you for doing this um yeah yeah did you listen to any of our past um episodes i have i have listened to some of you i did okay. I, I did my homework yeah good perfect great which one if i can ask <laughs> <laughs> i love it steve that's funny. Uh, could you tell me at minute 23 what I said? Uh, that was so good. Um, I listened to the, the most recent one that you dropped was um, uh, like health and wellness expert. Yes. And then I listened to a few of your early, early, like your first couple podcasts that you put up. Um, who was the expert? I can't recall it in the moment, but, but I, as you were figuring it out. Um, so I've, I've got a little early and a, and a little more recent. So I've got a, a, a wide swath. Yeah, we're, we're, still, we're still figuring this this game out. I mean, we uh, we figured out the out. sound a little bit. Our sound was a disaster before. We used to, <laughs> <laughs> we used to record with like uh, it was rough. remember those like when you were a kid, the little cups with the string attached to it. Yeah, yes. that's pretty much what we did um, way back in the in the day. All yeah, right, cool. It. So this has been great. Thanks so much for coming on, Spencer. Tell us, you know, like we talk about being idiots about subject matter. Um, our expertise in puppetry is is zero. Uh, I am an expert Sesame Street watcher. Excellent. I was a kid. I was a big puppet, a Muppets fan as a yes. kid. Yes. As an adult. So I'm a big, I know, I don't know anything about behind the scenes stuff. It's like that one picture on your website. I'm like, oh, they're that close together underneath. That's insane. So I want to hear about that. So just tell us, you know, just tell us about your background, where you grew up. First of all, are you doing well? Where do you live? You live in you live in this in New York City, right? Yeah, yeah. We've been in the city. I mean, this past year we've been all over the place, um, but have been based out of Brooklyn for the last last eight years. Okay, but you you guys are doing well. You're staying sane. That's my goal. We're, we're we're safe. We're healthy. Good. We're we're evaluating priorities and making big changes and doing everything you know everything that everyone else is doing right now. That's but but we're we're safe. We're safe and healthy, which is Good. great. Good. So tell us, like, where'd you grow up? Tell us, tell us about your, you know, your early life. Tell us your background, you know, lay, lay it out there. So I'm, uh, I'm from the Midwest. From, I'm a Kansas kid. Um, and I uh, grew up watching a ton of PBS, right? We didn't, we couldn't, we didn't have cable in my house growing up. And so it was all PBS all the time. And it was, 
you know, growing up late 80s, early 90s, there was a ton of good puppetry on PBS, Sesame Street, Shining Time Station, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, all these shows. Um, and so from a very early age, I just hooked into it and decided, oh, I, I got to do this. I want, I want to be a puppeteer. Um, and I've got amazing parents, amazing teachers and mentors who said, oh, okay, do, do, let's, let's do that. Um, and so I'm one of the very few lucky people who, you know, grew up wanting to be on Sesame Street and, and now I get to be. So it's, it's a dream. It's awesome. So, so when you were young, did you actually create your own puppets? Did you, I mean, like, tell us a little bit. How about old that. when you decided? Yeah, exactly. Like, were you like. So, well, yeah. So there, there was no like single moment or epiphany that's like, oh, it's, it's puppets. But, um, but I do have a paper from kindergarten, like learning how to write. And it says, I want to be the next Jim Henson. Oh. Like the scribbled out. Um, and so it was, it was early, it was early. Um, and I, and I, I don't know when I found out that there were people underneath the puppets, but I also became obsessed with that. The idea that puppetry is both kind of on stage and off stage. It's magic, it's special effects, it's all these things all at once, which is like everything that I loved. Um, and so, yeah, so I would, I would just copy what I saw on TV, right? And, uh, and check out every puppet book from the library and taught myself how to sew and got really good at hot glue and just started making my own characters and creatures and shapes, um, um, recite, rec grabbing stuff from recycle or trash or my, my little sister had an American Girl doll that was perfect puppet scale. So, you know, things would go missing from that. Um, and you just start, uh, you just start going to it because there's not, there's no real puppet there. And especially then there wasn't like a puppet school that I could go to. So it was all this kind of handcrafted, what can I copy? What can I borrow from other techniques to try and try and build my own thing? So, and then I started a company when I was, um, you know, like, like 13 or 14 and made library shows and, and would be in my parents' minivan and drive from libraries to Boy Scouts to church groups and do, and do you know, puppet shows on the weekends. Um, so I, start, I started early. Was there like a theme to it or was it like just was a comedy? Like what, what was the early shows? What were they like? Yeah, yeah. So, so, my, so my first show was The Frog Prince. It was like a riff on The Frog Prince that I adapted um, with all these little, all these little vignettes. I did a three Billy Goats gruff that toured around. Um, I, one of my, one of my early ones was, um, that never really made it off the ground that I still would like to do is uh, the most dangerous game. Do you know that short story? No. Um, of course I can't tell, I can't remember the author right now, but basically it's, it's a, it's a hunting, like a hunting metaphor where, where these, these rich, um, um, hunters are now the most dangerous game is humans, and so they're on this island hunting humans for sport. Rick and I read it. I, I read it in. There you go. You're looking up right now. Great. So this is a short story. It's been adapted into TV and film and all this stuff because it comes to the concept. But I but I built these rod puppets to do the most dangerous game as a rod puppet show when I was like 13 years old. Very high concept. Wait, what's a rod puppet? All right, so a rod puppet. Let's get it. Let's get into it. <laughs> a, rod, a rod puppet is is a puppet that that runs on a on a rod, right? So there's a wooden dowel, usually an oak dowel, half an inch, three quarters of an inch, that runs up through the puppet, through its spine, into its head, um, and then you hold the bottom of the rod, and just by moving it up and down, twisting it left and right, you can bring that puppet to life. And so there's a whole style that's developed out of Africa and Europe of rod puppetry. And sometimes the rods from below and sometimes the rods from above. But that was like the earliest version of, in addition to like Muppet style, it was like I was super into rod puppets just because they were easy to, they were e easy to, uh, easy to build. Yeah. Right. So I grew up, I'm, I'm 48. 
so I remember in the 80s, I think the big movies that I remember seeing puppets in, because everyone, like, of course, you had your, your Sesame Street was was The Dark Crystal, which I think yes. was in 82, which was like a big one. The then Dark you had, Crystal? Yeah, it was a great movie. Oh, my God, great movie. I don't know if I've ever seen that one. Tons of puppets in that movie, right? Okay. I mean, tons. Oh, oh, the entire, so so Dark Crystal was a, a game breaker because there's no, there's no humans, right? Every single thing that you see created on that screen was art, artificial and handmade. And now it's like, yeah, big deal but the, at its time this was the first it inspired spielberg it inspired lucas it, it like created this huge kind of push into the animatronics world it was a it was a game changer yeah for sure yeah. so i remember that movie then i remember like the never-ending story you had Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. so i feel like the 80s was like a pretty big year for for puppeteering oh totally it's all but it was everything because every, everything was still practical then right it was before cgi Right. took over and so that and so it was in camera they were building these giant creatures they were using servos and mechanics and cables and they were doing it for real yeah right like return of the jedi had a lot of puppetry well, yeah that was right. in, yoda. in the 80s well I, yeah. I don't know was yoda a puppet yeah yeah original original poet original uh, yoda's puppet and frank god performed by frank oz, frank oz yeah. who did bert grover cookie monster miss piggy animal you know like frank um oz so legend. yeah right. legend so, so I guess, well, a few questions. Number one is, you know, has because in the 80s, right, puppeteering was large, and then you had, like, maybe a few pop-up movies like you had, I think, in, what was it, like, 2004, Team America, right, was another, like, puppeteering uh -huh. sort of movie. Have you seen this sort of, like, waves of where it's very popular and then kind of goes away and then it comes back again? Like Always. Oh, yeah, yeah, always. Um, and so, and I think it's exactly maps the trajectory that you just had, right? 80s, it was huge. They were making snuggle commercials, you know, that, that went around the world. They were doing all this work. And then CGI and computer graphics got better and better. And so then computers could do cute and cuddly and fuzzy as well as puppets. And so now, and so then puppetry had this, you know, this crisis. It was like the one thing that we're good at, we're losing work to. But now, of course, it's swung back because there's so much CGI and everything we're seeing is this in this kind of like uncanny valley. And we, we're not sure of that, that. I don't know why it doesn't look good, but, I, but my brain doesn't right. trust it. So now there's a huge swing back to puppets, back to practical, analog, tangible things that you can really feel. Um, and the movies that use it well, like Jurassic Park is the best example of like when they use CGI and puppets. Right. And so, and because of it, it's 30, 40 years old now, 30 years old now, and it holds up. It holds right. up every single shot. You're like, oh, oh yeah, I, I still buy that. Versus, I don't know, an avatar or something that's like so CG that that it pretty quickly is like, oh yeah, look, that's, you know, we're, it, it's already out of, out of date. Um, so yeah, so right now, pu puppets are, puppets are coming back, especially because we're dealing with so many screens all day, every day. Mm. People are, people are craving something. Oh, this is handmade. It's handcrafted. It can, it can, it can, you can actually, a lighting director can actually light it. You can costume it. You know, the, the way that it interacts with its environment is real and tangible. And for actors, if you're dealing with actors, especially young actors, having something there in the space versus just like a tennis ball on a rod that they're going to CG later, it makes, it makes a huge difference. So, right. So at a young age, you're like, okay, I want, which is amazing to find your passion in, in like kindergarten or first grade. I mean, I don't think I'm 48. I don't think I'm my passion yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Working on I'm it, still yeah. figuring it out. Yeah. Um, did you then, what do you do for like college? Is this something yeah, that you I, went into? Like, well, I was going, before you answer that puppeteering, it's a old uh, art. 
It's been around for a long time. So the fact that you said before there was no like formal learning surprises me because you'd think that there would be because there's, you know, even like clown, not to compare it, but like clown, you know, being a clown is old school also. And they have colleges for if you want to be clown a clown. School, sure. Yeah. Um, but being a clown is. Yeah, I guess. Clown school. So, yeah, they do. I, I know many people who have gone through no, clown school. So I yeah. know. Sometimes they do. But at the same time, I would think that there'd be a puppeteering school or some sort of training that you could. There was no YouTube when you were growing up. So you couldn't go on and look at someone like yourself who's like, wow, like, look what they're doing. Or someone DIYing. And you're like, wow, there's the, today there's everything. I know a guy who's got like a, you know, what's that thing? A 3D printer DIY. Yes. Yes. 50,000 subscribers, a friend of our son has like 50,000 subscribers on his DOI. It's insane. So you can find anything you want on YouTube right now. So what did you like? What did you do when you were a kid? Yeah, so it was just before that that kind of YouTube revolution, right? And so it was it was still it was still old school, still going to the library, checking out books. There's a national organization called Puppeteers of America that would have like conferences and festivals. So you could go take classes and workshops all day about, oh, here's the best kind of plywood to use for scenery. Here's the best kind of, here's, here's uh, you know, tips and tricks for paper mache, that kind of thing. And so when I was a kid, I was just building up those skills and then got into high school and I was still into it. And then there are a few university programs. University of Connecticut has a, an incredible pedigreed puppetry degree. You can, get, you can get all the way up to your doctors in puppetry. Um, Sarah Lawrence College has an impressive puppetry program. Um, I think Evergreen out on the West Coast, you could build your own major. You know, there's like a few kind right. of like stars that have those. Um, but, you know, but, but coming up, it was very much kind of self-taught, looking for mentors and looking for others, other examples. So, yeah. So in what, college, did you get a degree in puppetry or did you go a whole different trajectory? So, so I actually got into University of Connecticut was my dream school and I got in and they only accept like two or three kids every year. And it's a very small puppet program. And I got in, but I couldn't afford it. It was out of state mm -hmm. tuition coming from right. Kansas. Um, and my parent, to my to my parents' credit, my mom was working at the University of Kansas in Lawrence, um, and so she had an, an employee discount. And then I was really I was really good in school, and I had some scholarship money and stuff. And so my parents looked at it and they go, you know, Spencer, if you want to go to school in state here at, at Kansas, we can we can afford we can we can pay for that. So if you want to go to school in state, then during the summer you won't have to work, you won't have to pay off school, and you can do any puppet professional development that you want right you can go to any conference you can go to any workshop you, we can send you we can afford to send you anywhere because it's right. going to be we're going to save so much money or you can go to yukon which is your dream and you can do it but then you know every right. summer you're gonna have to, yeah, you're gonna have to come hustle we're gonna have to make up this gap to to, to pay for it and so i you know i asked around and by that point i'd already had a lot of contacts in the puppet world because it's so small you know even compared to clowning or mime like i don't know how many mime how many mimes you know but there are there are there are fewer puppeteers than there are mimes right so it's like a, it's like a just super super niche niche market i wonder if a mime would be a good guest yeah we're trying to get show. a mime on the show i'm gonna look into that there's nothing better than a mime on a podcast you got to do it yeah. you got to do it it's going to be your longest episode most highest rated yeah. they're gonna you're gonna love it as long as the mime is in a car teaching someone to drive uh, at, yeah having multiple children so you went to Kansas. So I went to Kansas. Yeah. So I went to Kansas um, and studied, studied theater and film. And I got a, like a general, you know, undergraduate education. I, I went to basketball games. I went to football games. I went to parties. Like I kind of had this well-rounded right. liberal arts education, which I'm super, super grateful for now. I studied Greek and Roman classics. I got to study all these things um, that then of course, as an artist, 
you know, fill your toolbox and, and fuel the work that I that I make, that I have made for the last decade. So, so I got I just got an undergrad theater and film degree. I got to direct. I got to design costumes. I got to learn a little bit about the industry. Um, and then by that point, I kind of already had my foot in the door, so I could I could head to New York and and make a make a jump at it. So, so what was your first gig in the world of puppeteering? That's a well, that's a good. Well, I mean, my first like. No, we're like, years like, old. I, no, I'm talking like paying gig. Like, yeah, 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 sure. Like, my like professional gig. Yeah, like what's the real? I name? probably the first time I I got like really paid was um there's a puppet company in Kansas City called the the Paul Mesner Puppets and they were doing this tour of the Macad Gilbert and Sullivan Macado with giant puppets and they did a they did a tour like a kind of residency at this performing arts high school in San Antonio where we came as a professional company and sat down in this high school for I think it was four weeks and and, and taught them how to puppeteer and did the show and so I was still in high school so I got to skip a month of my senior year of high school to go down to San Antonio to do this wow. show. And so it was my first day like on, on per diem, my first time on per diem, touring with a company, living in a hotel, showing up to work every day, doing that kind of thing. Um, and so that was probably my first like real, but, but then even doing library shows, you know, my, my buddies worked at golf courses and stuff in various like high school jobs, but I, I made way more money doing one library show on a Saturday morning um, then they would make, you know, working for a golf course at a week. And that was the first time I was like, oh, this is a thing. Like, I'm, right. I have this specialty skill and I'm getting I'm getting offers and paid to do it. Um, I don't have to get a, a quote unquote regular job. Um, and then and then it just spiraled. <laughs> it just spiraled. It's like the perfect, you know, um, perfect combination of, of luck and Na um, um, naivete and just being in the right place and and uh, and then it's addicting, right? Once you get paid to do something you love, right. there's there's no going back. I mean, you're also you were also obviously very good at it. Like you were a kid, um, and but you were very good at it. So you were getting recognized with adults in the same field, which is it fuels then fuels it and, and takes you to that next level. I got just enough positive feedback, right? <laughs> just, just enough to be like, oh, I think I think I can do this. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. uh, so I want to know just from a from an actual technical standpoint, how does it work? Like, are you are you talking, controlling the puppet? Like, how does this whole thing play out? Are there multiple people underneath that? Like, I don't know the first thing about puppetry, as I would say, ninety nine point nine percent of our listeners, maybe Lee does. But um, how does it work? So, so it all it all depends on the format, right? There's there's puppetry for television, there's puppetry for live theater, there's an opera, you know, the, the, it, it gets to play. The cool thing about puppets that I love is that I get to do a little bit of everything, right? And so there's puppeteers who specialize in just building. They just become experts at building, at, the, at foam fabrication or carving or all the things that, that take to build a puppet. Mm -hmm. And then there's puppeteers who are who are actors, who are, who are very good at bringing a puppet to life. They may not even know how to build a puppet, but they can endow it with life and, and they and they make a living as a as a performer. Um, and then there's puppet directors, there's puppet choreographers, there's puppet movement specialists. You know, it has like all these little, there's all these different career paths within the larger art form. Um, but then traditionally, yeah, it's like one, you're, you're acting and you're using the puppet as a tool. It might be, uh, it might be on your hand, like Muppet style. It might be on a rod. It might be hanging from strings like a marionette, maybe shadow puppets, but you're just telling a story with that object. 
So sometimes you're doing the voice live, sometimes it's pre-recorded, sometimes you're singing, comedy, drama. It kind of, you know, it's it's everything that theater can be plus everything that animation or like stop motion could be. It's like very tactile and very performative. And so wherever you want to fit into that world. Um, and as, as an artist, as a professional, it makes me, it, it really keeps me engaged because I get to do a little, on one gig, I'm acting. Uh, and then I'm not, I only have to worry about acting. The next gig I'm building, I only have to worry about building. And I, I get to really like diversify my income stream, which is, which is huge. So I, know, I don't just specialize in one part of puppetry. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's all of the above. It's all of the, all of the above. But the, I, think my, I think the best stuff is live, is, is when it is a, someone who's doing the voice live, is acting and feeling, reacting, ensemble work like we do on Sesame. I think that's when like, puppetry is at its, at its best. Gotcha. Do you and like, uh, Ventriloquist go at it? Like, who's more <laughs> like, is there like a beef? Yeah, have you heard? There's a huge. There's a, you should go on Twitter right now. It's it's I nasty. It's, I think it's a subreddit. <laughs> it's a subreddit. That's right. About, about look that. out! Look out, Wall Street. Um, so you know, it's like that's like another niche within puppetry, right? Like right. Th that's a common question. It's like, oh, do you do you do ventriloquism? I'm like, no, I I don't do ventriloquism. Um, but I know ventriloquists, and and that's like, and ventriloquism like even crosses off over into like the comedy performance world. So right, right, totally, yeah. There's all these, there's all these like little specialties within right, the form. So, so there's no like hierarchy. It's not like the ventriloquists are like, oh, we're the re we're the real deal because we're actually no. Like oh sure, oh sure. There's a hierarchy. Oh yeah, absolutely. But um, but I won't I won't hold it against the ventriloquists. Got it. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah. Look out subreddit. Um, <laughs> the you know who who are your Ment not mentors, but who are your idols? I think it's a better word than idol mentors. I'm sure you had a ton of and people that guided you as from a young age. But who are your like who did you look up to? Like your idols? I'm, I mean, obviously, like I was a huge Jim Henson fan, right? Like the, his his work as an experimental filmmaker, in addition to all of the commercial work he did, with, has has created not only created so many careers, but has inspired millions of people to become artists or to make their own stories. So, so Jim Henson was huge. Um, there's some, I like, um, I like the work of, you know, kind of experimental theater artists like Robert Lepage, who does a lot of like big scale kind of theatrical work mm. with puppetry. Um, Michael Curry is a puppet builder in, um, Oregon who designed puppets with Julie Taymor for the Lion King. And he's done wow. Super Bowls and Olympics, you know, like he does like a large scale wow. spe spectacle stuff. Um, um, let's see what other, I'm trying to think of what other idol. I mean, I have, I have a ton in every different form of, genre. I mean, I'm, I'm super lucky to be at Sesame street because I get to, I get to work with my idols. You know, I'm working with, um, people who are hired by Jim Henson trained right. with him. Worked how with long, how long have you been on Sesame street? So my, my first gig at Sesame was 2016. What year is it? 21. Yeah. 2016. I did, I did a training workshop at Sesame. I skipped my first week of classes, my freshman year of college, uh, because I got invited to, to uh, do a Sesame Street training workshop in New York. Right. So I flew out to New York and we spent a week and it was very much like Amer American Idol for puppeteers. There were 50 of us from the United States and Canada. And, um, and you're there at Sesame Workshop and you're working with Kevin Clash and Martin Robinson, all these like legends in the field. And you're in you, it's, it's basically a kind of call kind of audition where they're, they're training, they're seeing what you've got, how can you sing? Are you funny? What kind of voices do you have? 
Right. Um, so it's like a tra- it's like an intensive training scenario. I did that in 2009, and then just was on the radar and slowly building up my chops and building up my chops. And then I got I got did a couple workshops in 2014 or something. And then my first actual gig um, was was 2016. So I've been I've been and I'm I'm recurring. I'm I'm just a day player there. I'm not a contract player there, but. I've been there for, for ever since, so it's it's a dream. Wow. It's a dream. Wait, so you you introduced a character to, to Sesame Street, or did they assign you a character? So it, so usually it's a, it, because Sesame is so rooted in curriculum and education um, that that they're developing the characters based on the curriculum that they need, right? So so like for Samuel, for the character I play, it was already in the works. The um, uh, this character Julia, who's a, who's a character with autism, has been super popular. There's a ton of demand for this mm-hmm. because there's so many families with young people with autism. Right. Um, and so they were building out her family. They wanted to create more resources and opportunities for for her. Um, and so and so they're like, okay, great. She'll have a neurotypical older brother. His name will be Sam. And they kind of you know they do the bio and the artwork and the puppet design and all that stuff. And then I get brought into it really late. They've already, the puppet's already being constructed and all that stuff when they when they when they audition act puppeteers to come in um so yeah so that was that was all created there but then there but then there's you know if there's a porcupine or a duck walking through the background or the letter k you know we we have we have a lot of freedom to like bring our own you know to bring our own characters to bring our own actor sensibilities to those things which is which is the the most fun part it's like those 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 background um one-off characters are are a blast so we have a lot of international listeners um and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hope we do. I love that. I, that's great. Just name it. That's perfect. I mean, all over the world. So I'm wondering, is <laughs> puppeteering very popular outside the United States or is this like limited to the U.S.? Or is there so, like- yeah, so like every many, many, many cultures have their own puppetry, right? In, in the United States, puppetry has become very much identified with young people and television. But if you go to... Uh, um, the Czech Republic, they have a long tradition of puppetry for adults. Indonesia, Bali, they have an incredible puppet, puppet rich, rich uh, tradition. Um, uh, almost almost every, every culture a society has, and it's, it's born out of early storytelling, often intertwined with like um, religious ceremonies, right. um, and, it's, and it's evolved from there. So it's all different styles, all different techniques. Steve, have you ever heard of um, Pokey, uh, uh, Pinocchio? That's really struggled. I, I was gonna, I messed it up. With Do you want me to edit that? No. <laughs> have you ever heard of Pinocchio? Uh, I have. Yes, the, okay. the boy who wanted to, the, the it, it, puppet J- who wanted to become a boy. And Geppetto yeah. was Correct. his dad. Yes. He was a puppeteer. But but where is that? But Italy, I think it was Italian, right? Yeah, I feel like I have a vague sense that that's an Italian story, right? Carlo Carlo Gozzi, who wrote Pinocchio. Oh, but I mean, Disney made it happen. I mean, no, Disney's... but I forget the whole. I'm saying, but there was puppets. The story was Italian, and it's from not the U.S. No, I get, I, I get, I get it. Um, I don't know where I came from. Uh, when, <laughs> when it comes to Disney, are is Disney? I would assume is a large player in this world, right? Or not? Not necessarily. They're more in, in animation. animation. Well, yeah, but then also it's you know what's interesting is Disney, of course, bought the Muppets, right? Like the classic Muppets, so Kermit, Fozzie, Piggy. Disney Disney owns all the, that like set of characters, right? Um, and so they are a player, right? So they are develop they, they develop it just like any other like a Marvel universe or a Star Wars universe or something. Um, so Disney holds those keys to those like classic Muppet characters. The Sesame Street characters are run by Sesame Workshop, and it's separate. There was kind of this this kind of split. Where the Jim Henson company kind of kind of sold off 
various yeah. aspects to various people. Yeah. The, yeah. A, the Sesame's on HBO, which is probably because it's Time Warner. So I think it's maybe it's a, it's part of that. But I, I try and. To- and Sesame's deal, right, is that they, it go it premieres on HBO, but then after a year it goes to PBS. Right. So they they've got a kind of a, a different deal. I um I was trying to find the old Muppet Show, and I heard that it was Disney, and I went on last night because I was going to watch some of the old stuff, and it wasn't on Disney Plus. I couldn't figure out why. But Lee, you've you've heard the news, right? You you know that that uh, February nineteenth, Muppets are dropping on Disney Plus. Oh, so uh, that's why I couldn't find it last. Yeah, time. man. The, ori- the original has never been up for streaming. Never. They only made DVDs of like the first three seasons, I think, and the rest of us are just like so angry about it. And now for the first time, Disney Plus is dropping all five seasons. I couldn't find it last night because of that. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a shame. Yeah, that's great. So that's exciting. Then there's. Fraggle Rock. I remember watching Fraggle Rock as a kid. Yeah, also being being rebooted as we speak in Canada. Yeah, I think it's Apple TV, right? Yeah. So that yep. I, I love Fraggle but Rock. But Fraggle Rock will be done as as puppets or CGI sort of. Yeah, thing. man. No puppets. Puppets. Yeah. Wow. Legit. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. Fraggle it's Rock great. Was one of my favorites as a kid. Um, what other like you, you, the voiceover work I find fascinating because like it's it's a little they're not. I mean, you're doing voice work with puppets you know, with your puppets, but is there exclusive voice work that's, you know, that you've done? Is that something that you, you've, you work on and try to, you know, get, get, you know, opportunities in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, so with, with Sesame, because Sesame has so many different projects, sometimes you'll be doing voiceover for an animated version of your character, right? So we've done PSAs and storybooks and apps and computer games and stuff like that. Um, and then as I've been building up those chops, there's a whole different, you know, there's a whole industry, just a voiceover, commercial voiceover, animation voiceover, all those things. And because of, luckily because of Sesame, I can, I can, I've got my foot in it, foot in that world. Oh, so that's awesome. So yeah. that's kind of the next, take it to the next level or add, add to your repertoire. Exactly. And it's also, it's, I mean, to be honest, it's a, it's remote work, right? Yeah. It's something, it's something that I can submit for, um, and, and keep active even when stuff isn't shooting. So, yeah. Um, how I, I saw you were recognized uh, the Sesame Street 50th anniversary special won an Emmy and you contributed to that. So great job. Congratulations. Ah, thanks very much. That I mean, that was a dream. Like that was as a as a young puppet nerd, like growing up watching Sesame and all seeing all all of the characters that I recognize and all the human actors who aren't on the show anymore, but who work for decades and decades, getting to be in the same room with them. With Elvis Costello, Whoopi Goldberg, so you know, it's like it's like Pearl Man, uh, like the all these all these people. It was it was totally surreal. It was so cool to be to be there for that milestone. It was it was amazing. Do you um just more to like back to Stephen's question about being technical? When you record Sesame, do you do the voiceover then, or do you dub it in later? Yeah, so it's all live. It's all live. the The only time it'd be pre recorded is usually with a song. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we'll pre-record those for timing and stuff, but everything everything else is done live. We wear our microphones on headbands or hats on our head, um, so that so that you get clean audio. Because we're always, you know, every time you see a puppet, there's a there's a puppeteer below them, crammed into the sofa, crammed into the car, crammed in under the table, wherever it is. Um, and so it's like physically very demanding, and you have to be super bendy. And then, yeah, we're doing we're doing the voices we're doing the voices live as much as as humanly you're possible. You're crammed into a small area where you're you're shoulder to shoulder with other people. Does how does like the performance part of it like how like do you all have to like sway to the to the vibe of the scene and like how does that work? 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's on it's a true ensemble, right? So you show you show up to work first date fresh, your teeth are brushed, you smell, you got your deodorant rocking, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're ready to go because you know you're going to be stuck in someone's armpit for the entire day. Um, and we you get very close with your colleagues very quickly, and you're on these little rollers, you're rolling around on like we do on the floor on Sesame Street, or you're or you're stuffed in, you're sewn into a couch or whatever the thing is you. We, you're kind of, you know, the, the the military analogy isn't great, but you're in the trenches with them. You're working long hours, and you're and you're in your problem doing a lot of problem solving. Basically, every shot with, with puppets is a special effects shot, and so it takes time. Puppets don't do anything; they're just stupid puppets, right? So they can't hold a cup of water, they can't write their name, they can't open a doorknob. So anything that's written in the script that a puppet has to do, we have to figure out how to do it and to get it to prepped and rigged, and, and to, to it's all an illusion. So it takes a long time. Um, but yeah, yeah. So you're, 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 we're crammed down in there, and there's often two, three, sometimes four puppeteers on any puppet. Depends on what's what's being shot, and and then moving moving cameras are swinging by, and guest stars are walking and hitting their mark. Like there's a lot at any given moment. There's a lot going on. And the, like like Oscar the Grouch is, is in this garbage can. The guys. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're in the garbage can. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, one person sometimes two. Yeah, yeah. Think about like Baby Yoda. Mm. Baby I love I love see and that's a, I think you know you're pre- preaching the choir but I think Baby Yoda is so popular because there's something when you see it there's something that you feel it's like oh that is real yeah. Baby Yoda is real that's not CG there's something like tactile visceral there um, yeah. yeah Baby Baby Yoda is a beautiful puppet and they do oh, they they get so much so much acting mileage right with that yeah. little green blob it's so it's great yeah there's a uh, there's a great I'm sure you've watched it on Disney. It talks about like all the the Disney uh, animation and everything, and animatronics and all. I forget the name of it. It's it's an amazing uh, like a documentary. It's a documentary. Is it, is it the uh, Imagineering one? Imagineering one. Yeah. And yeah. It goes through just how the technology of what these guys were able to create and how they were able to and and how they were to evolve into into current. And I just found that to be for anyone who wants to learn more about anima, you know animatronics, it's an amazing. Story. Yeah. Episode. Yeah, I love. I mean, that is so so much of the the type of person that becomes a puppeteer, right? It's also a magician. It's all Imagineer, Pixar animator. You know, it's all it's all these like kind of variations on a theme. We're we're built very similarly. And then there's um, the, and then there's like the guys who do like performance art, who do like um the guy who did like Smeagol from uh, like he's famous and does yeah 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 the yeah like, the the performance capture right where they're mapping their they're mapping their performance in real time yeah yeah pretty wild um who is that andy circus right yeah andy circus right yeah yeah good memory um any other career highlights like that you're that you're proud of that you want to talk about or we can any funny stories i mean, I mean i've been i've been super lucky the the one the, the the biggest one lately that i that i talk a lot about is um a beautiful day in the neighborhood the tom the tom hanks film yeah. um I, I we uh me and a team built all the puppets we we created all the puppets from mr rogers neighborhood and then I was the puppet captain and trained Tom how to puppeteer and then was kind of his puppeteer stand-in. So anytime you see on camera where, where Tom is puppeteering, that is actually him. But then usually when they cut into a close-up and you don't see him there, it's usually, it's usually me. Um, and so that was just like a dream. That was like such a lovely, it was a great set to be on. Working with Tom Hanks was a dream. The director, Mariel Heller, is brilliant. Um, being, getting to spend time in Mr. Rogers' world was like... Yeah. 
just just the best the trolley meet meet i mean that's come on oh my god i mean i so i am in x the owl's tree i've got oh, x the owl on and they're like okay spencer your cue is is the is trolley you'll hear your whole trolley and that's your cue and they're and they, the little guy's got the remote the radio control and here comes trolley like ding ding and i had this one with like Oh my God! What is it? What is happening right now? He's like, I'm in an alternate reality, <laughs> yes. back in time, and yes. I'm in Pittsburgh, and yes. I'm on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Right? And we shot, we shot it on location in the same studio oh, they shot the show that. in. Oh yeah, everything about that film was done right. Like the care, the the care that they took in creating that, it was just, it was, it was magical. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. I, uh, I'm, I mean, yeah, man, we covered a lot, I think, Lee, when it comes to puppeteering. I didn't know anything about it, so. Yeah. Any, um, how, uh, you keeping busy over the pandemic? How's that been going? I'm sure stuff's down, but. Yeah, stuff's, stuff's down, and, and every, and everything that's shooting is, like, really skeleton crew, right? It's super right. lean. Um, but there's, but there's some stuff. We'd, we've done some COVID PSAs with mm. Sesame Street that I'm really proud of. I think are really important. We're going to do some more soon. Um, uh, Sesame's also been doing some anti-racism stuff, which is really, I That's think, good, important. Yeah. Totally. Um, and what else? I worked on a pilot. I worked on a new HBO Max pilot that we shot uh, around Thanksgiving in LA, which was which was fun. We'll we'll see what happens there. Um, and then I'm working on some of my own shows. I'm I'm developing um, pitches for a preschool show and for a show for adults. So so you know, stay in the artist hustle. That's stay awesome. Stay. Um, so there's, there's always something around the Work, corner. Working on your own stuff is like, that's, you know, that's, a, that's, a, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear more about that. If it goes, something gets off the ground, that'd be exciting. That's right. That's right. Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. Awesome. I really appreciate your time, Spencer. This has been great. Um, Definitely. I, uh, if so anyone, much. if anyone wants to reach out to Spencer, he's on Instagram at, uh, Mr. 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 Lot, was it? Mr. Lot. Yep. That's at it. Mr. Lot. Um, if you need any puppeteering, uh, questions or if someone's like, uh, wants to get into puppeteering, I'm sure he'd love to speak to you about that. Yeah, absolutely. Send him a message. Um, and, uh, you know, we thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks gentlemen. Thanks. Thanks for doing this. This, this is a great. blast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. Take hey, care. thanks. You too. Bye-bye. And we're back. Yep, we're back. That was really fun. Spencer was, I mean, he's a definition of an expert. That guy's legit. I mean, what I found even more fascinating than the puppeteering is the fact that he found his passion at such a young age, like kindergarten, first grade, whatever it was, to find a passion to do something and then to see it through all the way and then accomplish your goals. Like, you know. It's like the, the Mount Rushmore. I mean, not the, no, that's the wrong one. Um, it's like Pinocchio. <laughs> No, I was just struggling like, with Pinocchio there. I had a little bit of a eh. yeah. Um, I, I saw your brain glitching, <laughs> like I saw steam coming out of your head because um, you were trying to get Pinocchio out. But I found that to be the fact that he had so much passion about something, loved it, I was, got an Emmy, was with his heroes and people that he looked up to, yeah, and pretty amazing. That was amazing. He, I think I was talking. What's Everest? Mount Everest. Yeah. It's like the pinnacle of his industry, and he's there. It's pretty amazing. So, yeah. but it's exciting to hear about like the other stuff, and I, that there's a resurgence in, in a real old, in a very old artistry. I mean, it's you know, it's yeah. performance art. Is it's 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 pretty amazing. Yeah, I just I, I think in a lot of movies and shows and stuff, you see they have like you know the court jester or whoever it is doing things with puppets, and you know. The, how cool is that Mr. Rogers story? Yeah, that's that was so great. That was how, amazing. How yeah. he like got to do that and Sesame. 
I, he worked uh, with Tom Hanks. I mean, who gets to work with Tom Hanks? No one. No one. No one I know. No. So that now was very. Spencer. But it was also very impressive that he found something that he really loved. He saw it through. He continued to do it, and he he built an entire career out of it. I was very impressive. Yeah. You know. That's so great. Yeah. I love it. Um, thank you, Stephen. Thank you. You actually, I appreciate your research. You did. Thank you. You sounded uh, prepared in yeah. your in your interview. Great job. Well, I, I think Gila. <laughs> Gila's a, a major threat in this in this episode. She inspired me to to do research. Um, it may have been right before we got on, but yeah, you still it was <laughs> about thirty seconds before. I saw no, but I, I couldn't I, figure I, out what you were doing, and yeah. then I, you started talking about what was that movie called? Dark. Oh, it's a great movie. It's called The Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal. I'll have to yeah, go back it's and watch an amazing it. movie. I remember watching that movie. I don't know how many times when I was a kid. It, it's a little bit that. freaky. You what know, should we call this it? episode? Uh, you usually come up with the, the puppeteer. That uh, pretty much sums it up. I know. So not wrong. Nothing wrong I didn't want that. to use any of like the other like brands he's done business with, like or the like the I don't know what he's. Welcome to the neighborhood, the puppeteer's neighborhood. Yeah, nah, nah, that, that's what puppeteer works. All right, so uh, thanks everyone for so listening. What are your plans for this week? Anything, or just gonna ride it out? I'm gonna keep keep doing what I'm doing, which is work and try pl- the guitar play, bro. I know. I know. To get to your level of um, of expectation for my guitar play, I'm not there yet. I can't go in front of people and have like a concert, but I'm getting closer at being able to like have my own riffs and have fun with it and become with the rhythm, like background noise. I, you still may not know what I'm playing right. or be able to sing. No, it. I, I think from the last time I heard you, it sounded. You were very great. hard on me. I had to like go back to the. I cried that night when I went home. It wasn't that I was hard on you. I, I think when it comes to guitar playing, especially if you're gonna bring out your guitar and start like playing it with a group of people. You have to have a certain like if you're just gonna play like a few chords and then like jump to another few chords or it's it's a little bit distracting. If you're able to play like a full song that people can either sing along with or vibe off of, it's great. But when it, when it's like I'm getting there. Um, no, no, I'm, I, that's my goal is to be able to come to your fire pit in the spring, yeah, or in the early the early summer, and be able to have you sing along with me and yeah, but it was you be proud of me. But I hope you took the the it wasn't criticism and though I no, mean it's you're learning it. I gotta be better. Yeah, you're I'm learning trying, a new instrument, but yeah. I think when you whip out that guitar, when someone brings out a guitar, or brings out a harmonica or drums. If you're gonna do something it like depends that, depends on the kind of space you're in with friends that, that people who love you. I mean, who are gonna like encourage you? Yes and no. Who are not you? Apparently, no, no, not because I think that it's just you're not gonna seems... you're not gonna sit there and like be like no because like it, enjoy it's like, it, enjoy it, the vibe. It, it's like imagine like someone playing I don't know like four or five or six chords of a song and you can't even really like like you're gonna sing the first five seconds of it and they're like hey, that's all I know. I don't know. Last night after the, the ice skating, I sat on the couch for like fifteen minutes and just messed around with different rhythms and different chords and different octaves because I moved the capo around and I was like, I got a nice vibe going. No, no, you it was very enjoyable listen, for fifteen it was, minutes. Lee, put it this way. It was very impressive. You picked this thing up like six, seven months ago. It's I not like even ten. Ten months ago, whatever. It's not like you've been playing guitar your whole life. No. You've got your fingers are not guitar fingers. Should say that. I guess that's true. You know what I mean. So the fact, but what you're doing is is impressive. So don't get me wrong. Um, I just think we'll all enjoy it. We should try to find a guitar expert. That was um, your brother-in-law Mark's um, idea. He texted me last night. Did he really? He wished me happy birthday. Mark Henzel. Yeah. And he he said he should find a guitar expert. He said, "I said these." um, I asked him. I talked for a couple exchanges of messages. Very interesting. I'm like, I'm. I, I'm staying sane. I'm playing the guitar. It's really helping. I, I, he's like, I'm shocked a, that he texted you right he's now. He's like, you should, 
I don't think he texted me on my birthday. He texted me. <laughs> he likes and me. And I'm like, he likes me so. more than he likes you. That's his bottom line. All right. I mean, just accept that. Yeah, that's the that, bear. That, the bear likes me. I can't. I can't. I'm, we speak bear to each other. I can't believe it. You didn't engage him in some way. Like you didn't like. No, it was out of the blue. He just sent you. It was on LinkedIn too. Do you think he knew it was Lee Morell and it was not like yes. another friend of yes, his? Yes, it was LinkedIn. He used, he must not be on Facebook. So my birthday's on. You get a notification on LinkedIn also. Okay. Do you think it was a mistake? Like it was like a, like a butt <laughs> no. dial? He called. Check it, wait, hold on. He called me an idiot or something. He yeah, said, that he, makes sense. He called me an idiot. What did he say? He said, um, but he said, get a guitar expert. Do we have a guitar expert in the family anywhere? Ah, dude, you can go to Adam Ezra. I mean, he's a I know pretty damn good guitar player. He's a good, but do we? He's a singer songwriter. It's more of like a different dude. But like, what do you talk to a guitar expert about? I guess you can. I mean, I don't know. I guess you're right. There's not much. I mean, there's not like how do you bring, strum it? Like, like I mean, Kevin Schwartzbach. He's like an accomplished guitar player. No, I mean I love Kevin, but uh, that no. would be—he's an accomplished guitar player. <sighs> yes, he is. No, I think he went to, he went to uh, school for it. He's been playing since he was a kid. I mean, I, I was actually thinking about texting him and being like asking him to give I me don't, some pointers. I, I, I think he I, can get on Zoom with me. And I don't give me a think lesson. it's pod worthy. I'm being honest. <laughs> I think Mark's idea is horrible. He's, he's not okay. What about Spencer's idea of a mime? <laughs> How the heck do you do a mime? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to speak to a mime. I hate mimes. Do you? Do mimes speak? Do I they, hate them. Do they speak? No, and I hate. I, I, I'm not. I'm, I don't. I'm not a mime guy. You're. Probably, this has been a really negative show for me. Hardcore. No, today. I'm just. Are you okay. I just, I just don't like. Are mimes. you doing well? Yeah, I'm doing fine. I just okay. not. I'm not a mime guy. So Mark said. Uh, what did he say? He said. I'm just. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm, he goes, I'm shocked. Happy birthday, podcast loser. Show sucks. Loved all. Okay, I mean that's a that's a good mark. Said, that's a typical mark. I said how, text. How are you? He's like, all good. I said, guitar play has been amazing, and he, he says get a famous guitarist on the show, maybe like Bon Jovi. That's I mean, but I wouldn't be talking to Bon Jovi about how to play a guitar. I'd be talking about Bon Jovi about like his life. I mean, I'd love to speak to Bon Jovi about. I mean, that guy's got a crazy life. Yeah, owning that. you know football teams and you know yeah, he's had a crazy he's impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, yeah. So Mark Menzel. Yeah, I, I, you know what I would like to do, and I know we have to wrap this up. I really think we need like um, there's a few. I think we need like a big time celebrity. I want to. I want. I really want to get into someone's like psyche of a big big time celebrity. I asked our friend who's a um, who knows a um, like a Brad Pitt. <laughs> I asked our friend who knows a um, a local politician. Yeah, that I'd like and to speak to. They said. Uh, they're like in office so like you can't, it's like a, oh it's like a whole, it's, right 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 because if they say something yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like no you're got right turned I down you. i was like you're the second person that turns down yeah so who's the first one of your friends oh yes that's right i remember who that <laughs> it happened. i don't, I don't want to okay. say the person's name yeah. no 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 hate yeah, yeah no we're not no blast no but it was Just, it, you know. they, they were basically like i'm not talking to it we can get we can get turned down it's okay we've yeah, had yeah. a lot of yeses so yeah it happens um, you're going on the road next week, so you're gonna be away. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna, gonna be do on Zoom. That should be interesting. Yeah, we're gonna do this on the road. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Oh, I did send you something. We should talk about this right now. Okay, I sent you. I know I messaged you on text and voicemail and WhatsApp and Instagram now. So I sent you on Instagram. First of all, are you interested in someone? Me reaching out to someone who is a. You know, I'm not even gonna go down this road. Oh, um, why not? Uh, who's an anti-Semite um, activist. 
They themselves are yeah. an anti-Semite? No. Because <laughs> that I would be in for a second. They're anti Like someone who's like a member of the Ku Klux Klan? No, they're anti-anti-Semites. And they're vocal and they're a big following. They're like Antifa? No, 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 no. It's not political. It's just that they're they're young people who are very vocal with calling out anti-Semitism in the public right now that's going on. And they they hit it hard on people. They, it, I'm trying to follow this, right? right you know what? This is like I'll, I'll, send, you, I'll send you the 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 example. I'll send you some examples of some some people. So that was one thing I was okay. thinking about. The other one was um, I don't know. I thought you wanted. I thought you wanted like an anti-Semite army. Like that'd be awesome. No, like, hey, I'm someone. Lee Morrell. I'm Steve Cops. Two Jews. Let's talk about anti-Semitism. That'd be great. Let's see, why do you hate us? That'd why do you horrible. hate us? Yeah, I don't want to do that. That'd be a vi- no because I, I think we would turn them around at the end. I guess that's true. Maybe they yeah. love Jews. Maybe they love Jews. Yeah. Um, where was I going with this? I have really no sure. idea. The um, I had ideas for another. We said the mime. No, the mime's out. Yeah, mime's out. What did I have? I had something else I was thinking about. Uh, I, don't I mean, there's listen. There's a lot of good experts out there that we're, I'm sure we're gonna jump. I'm into. almost done with the book on microdosing, so I'm gonna have a little bit of knowledge of that. Yeah. I really want to try to get a special ops per, uh, person. Yeah, like a an Navy SEAL or, or something, something of, of some sort. I have some ideas. Right, like Green Beret. Uh, yeah, Navy SEAL, Green Beret. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna throw this out to our listeners again, and and you know our countrymen or whatever Lee calls everyone Jesus. that they should they should definitely if they've got. People that we they, they would like to hear, let us know. You know, you send us a, a you know an Instagram post or text or whatever if you want to communicate to us, or if you know someone oh, that's what I said who would be interesting. Oh, there we go. Good, brought up your memory. Keep oh. going. Keep, keep yeah. So yeah, if if you know someone or if you want a topic that you think I know we're working on certain topics that we're, we really want to find a good expert in, um, but if you, you've got something out there, let us know. We really definitely want to reach out there, to people. Yeah, please get to us, message us in some way. They announced a certain festival that we like going to. Which festival? Um, the one that we've gone to in the past that they're going to do September Labor Day weekend. I have no idea what you're talking about. I sent you a message on Instagram. Um, why, why can't you say it? <laughs> I can't remember. Are you serious? My brain is mushed. Dude. Oh my God, you mushed today. Uh, um, I think I held it together pretty well until now. <laughs> That's why the Pinocchio thing is yeah, muffled. Just, yeah. What did I say? Pinocchio. <laughs> you're, you're losing it. <laughs> it's a glitch. What? There's a glitch in the brain. Um, so, but there's was, a festival. When is it? When is it? Like a Coachella? No, a small one that we've gone to in the past. We've gone to it? Yeah. Where it's is in, it? It's a. It's at. It's in the mountains in the Catskills. Um, <laughs> I can't remember anything. Is it at Action Park? My like the old is, Action Park? My brain is. That's actually not a bad idea, but also we should do that. Um, which where, is Mountain Creek, which, which is, is Vernon yeah. Valley, or whatever where it is. The hell is, 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 it? is it in like where's it located? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Pennsylvania, New York. Oh my gosh, Lee, I am losing my mind. I have no idea. I have too many things going on. <laughs> Who's gonna be there? <laughs> Leah, you're <all> right. <laughs> Are you having a transient ischemic attack? <laughs> like, what's uh, going on here, dude? Where is it? I can't remember which festival. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Lee, it's like we've been to so many festivals. Fire, Firefly? No, the one, the one that's a camp. In, in, in Delaware? The one that's a camp. Um, Elements. Elements. Oh, my God. Dude. Wow. Wow. There it was. Whew, I'm sweating. I didn't think I was going to get there. Um, there you go. Oh, they're, they're having it? They're having it. When? Labor Day weekend. Are you sure about that? Let's go. 
and no, bring we'll, the pod. That's no question. And bring and we'll do, do and we'll do it from there. Yeah, done. Find yeah. a couple experts up there. Do we can do two or three? We, we, yeah, we must. I do. I can, how speak, much fun would that be? We can speak to the. the I, I can. Set, I know. I can set the festival guys who run it. I know. Let's speak to uh, guys named Brett. And, ask uh, them. Ask them how to. <laughs> did you just see a ghost? No. Dude, you're the, okay. We, you, we should. We should. You end looked this, over my shoulder. No, There's no one there. We should end this wait, pod. Wait a second. <laughs> right now. Wait, hold on. Did you? What did you see over my shoulder? N- nothing. Your eyes darted to your right. Maybe it's just like a twitch. Or all right. Um, um, all right. Elements. Yes. I, I think I said I, I I brought it up to the to my girlfriend last night. Okay. To, and my wife. Esty. Um. Okay. I'm I in. think I that Labor Day weekend sounds like right. I mean, yeah. I don't know what the I'm protocols in. are for COVID, but we'll follow them and go. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to ask me twice. Whew. Wow. That okay. Was a lot of work. All right. Well, this has been a great week. Great episode. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for hosting. Thank you for bringing us to your basement. Thank you to all our listeners. Make yep. sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Two Idiots Expert. Um, this has been episode 15 of Two Idiots and Expert. Uh, I appreciate you all. I appreciate you, Steve. Right. Is that all you got? Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? I'm running out of steam. Uh, All right, everybody, have a great week. Spread love.